This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. I am glad that you're here. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for taking the missionaries on the trip today to the zoo. And they brought all the kids back that they brought there from what I understood. So that's a a good thing. Thank you, church, for caring enough about your missionaries to do this. Uh, Thank you for having Hannah and Rolando on tonight from the the Ortizes from Mexico. There's nothing like keeping it real, right? I mean, there they are, broke down today, all sorts of complications, everything. Stop, let's have mission service. But you know, what was really precious to me was to watch them sing. While there were, you saw the slight delay, but it was still precious to let them hear your worship of Christ during that song. And I know it, it spoke to their hearts. So thank you for doing that. I've known Hannah since she was a little girl. Probably, I think I remember when she was born, actually. So that'll give you a long time to know them. And I remember I was there at their wedding. And of course, they're missionaries with our missions agency. And so proud of the work that God has given them to do there. And that family is truly invested in missions. You saw Rolando's father there, Brother Jesus was there as well as uh, Hannah's brother, Freddie, is a missionary there in Mexico as well. And we praise the Lord. Their dad's a pastor in Greensboro, North Carolina. And he's been to this church before when we've done missionary views for, uh, interviews for Matt and Josh as well. And so we praise the Lord for all of these connections that take place because of missions. In Romans chapter 15, I'd like to draw your attention to this passage of Scripture tonight as we continue on this thought of understanding the places in Scripture where faith promise giving is mentioned. Paul is writing to a church to which he had never been. He wanted to go there, but he was not able to go. And so he writes to them, and at the end of this very important letter, the book of Romans is vital to a Christian's growth. It's uh, The first 12 chapters deal with the principles of the gospel and the last chapters deal with the practice of the gospel. And now Paul is writing here to them and he states to them his desire to come back, to to come to see them. He says in verse 23, if you found your places, Romans chapter 15 verse 23, yes, I'm looking at you teens who absolutely lost your Bible and you're in church. So click, point, swipe, do something that looks like you're doing religious things in church. Romans chapter 15, verse number 23, Paul says, and, But now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come to you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain. Please let me pause not to give a geography lesson, but at least to give you an idea of the expansion of the gospel. Jerusalem was the church that Christ started. That church began to spread because of persecution. When that persecution came, 
the churches, the believers spread all abroad. Antioch, Acts 13, became a critical church in the expansion of the gospel. From Antioch, their Macedonian call was given. We understand that that takes the gospel from what we call the Middle East to what we now call Europe. So the gospel, come over into Macedonia and help us, brings the gospel into now what we understand as Europe. That gospel begins to expand, expand west, and it goes east as well. But in this case, Paul says, I want to get to Spain. Spain would be the furthest westernmost... I was going to ask questions of geography of these guys, but I'm, I'm just going to go with this on my own, Jacob, okay? Spain would be the furthest place over in Europe as we understand it today to get to. Paul is saying, I want to go to Rome. And when I come to Rome, I want to see you. But I really want to get to Spain. And in fact, Paul says it this way, 24, Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. So understand, now what Paul is saying is, I'm going to go to Spain. I'm going to come to Rome. When I get to Rome, I'm going to need your help to get further on the journey. So do you see the connection between the expansion of the gospel and the network of churches? A church cannot be a church without missionaries, and missionaries cannot be missionaries without a church. It's a symbiotic relationship. Um, who do I ask about symbiotic relationship? Jacob? No? Brother Taylor? <laughs> Think fungus and tree. I'm not saying you are, but think. So a mushroom needs the dead tree. The dead tree has the, the, the fungus on it. What happens? There's growth. They both benefit each other. You cannot be a church without missionaries. You say, well, we're a church. We don't have missionaries. No, you fail to perform the function that you've been given by the great in the Great Commission by God. And a missionary cannot be a missionary without a church. Say, well, he's sent out from over here or over there. He has to have a church. These two things must exist. And God is using this passage of Scripture to help us understand the relationship between missionary and church. Note further, if you would, please. He says in 25, But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Now, why on earth would he be going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints? If you recall from last night's message, we talked about four kinds of offerings. The offerings to which we made reference, there was an offering for him, that's the tithe. The offering for his house, that's the heart offering, the willing offering that we give. The offering that's a project that we give to. And then there's the offering that's the promised offering, and that's this offering. They started it because of a what? Do you remember, Jacob? Why did they, what was the purpose of their offering? Do you remember? Started with a D and had an earth at the end of it? This is where I just got on the struggle bus. I feel it. What was it? Do you remember? No. Do you remember? No. You wasn't, you wasn't here. Well, you've ruined my English. One walk up here and I'm, my English is ruined. Yes, Micah. Dearth, yes, a D with the earth on the... <laughs> Miss Jan, I love you, but what are we going to do with these? Uh, nurture and admonition, leadership. 
There was a famine. And the believers there wanted to have a part in getting them, the gospel, getting them food. And we talk about the gospel for our side. So the dearth is there. The church at Antioch hears about it. And they say, okay, well, let's make a promise to give an offering. Paul makes reference here in Romans chapter 15 that what we're doing now is we're going to go to Jerusalem, he said. Why? Jerusalem's the other direction. He's got to go south to get to Jerusalem. Then he wants to get to Rome. Then he wants to get to Spain. But he gives the reason in this verse, he said, to minister unto the saints that are Jerusalem. Why would they need ministry? It's because of the famine that was taking place. Note further what he says in 26. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia. These are two regions that exist in that area, they would encompass the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, the church at Berea, the church at Corinth, the church at Sencarea, and the church at Athens. Those would be covered by these. Now, do you know how many churches were named in the New Testament? 33 churches are named throughout the New Testament. And if you count up all of the churches that were aware of the promised offering, you would be well over 20 of them would be aware of this offering, if not participating in this offering. By Paul mentioning six churches in this region, not speaking of the church at Rome, notice what he says in 26, it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Why would the saints be qualified or classified as poor? Well, that's because of the famine, the dearth. So now we have an understanding. Paul has gathered up this offering. Do you remember from last night in Acts chapter 11 where we were? And we saw in Acts 11 that they made a promise to give. They determined in their heart to give, and the Bible said in the last verse of that chapter, verse 30, where he said, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Paul. So now we see all of these churches are starting to get their money together. There's a great clue in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that, or chapter 9, that tells us that there was about a year's time for them to get this offering together. Because Paul said the church at the church of Achaia had their offering ready a year beforehand. So now we get a time picture by putting these passages together. Now we go from Acts 11 to Romans 15. Romans 15 says, Paul said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I want to get to Rome. I want to get to Spain, but I can't until I get this offering done. And when Paul says that, he begins to give us some, what we'll call principles of faith promise giving. There's only 17 of them. We should be done soon. Notice several things I want you to see tonight. The first one comes in verse number 26. It's the first Principle. Principle is something by which we govern. Principle is something that we establish. And if we understand the principle behind it, then we're able to understand how to repeat those principles. So he starts in 26. I'll read the passage and I'll come back and I'll give you the first one. Maybe you could see if you can identify some of them as we go through. First thing, 
Notice what it says, 26. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. Let's pray together. Dear Father, thank you for the privilege to be here tonight. Thank you for this dear church, precious people here. Leadership that just wants to bring people closer to you. Missionaries who want to evangelize the lost world around them. This dear precious brother tonight and his wife who are committed to getting the gospel to Farsi-speaking people around the world. Father, thank you for these reminders that much like the Apostle Paul, our missionaries are trying to identify places to which we can bring the gospel. I pray that you will help them to do that. And Father, tonight I pray that you'll fill me with your spirit and help me to be able to convey what you've placed on my heart for this hour. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I note here several principles worthy of your attention. The very first principle I want you to see about the faith promise offering is this. It is an offering of delight. Now what does delight mean? Notice twice Paul references this and you'll see it. He says in 26, it hath pleased them. 27, it hath pleased them verily. There was an absolute joy or delight in their giving. If you are of the mindset that I don't get why we do this missions thing, then maybe you're missing why we're doing it. Why we're doing it is because of the testimonies that we saw tonight on the video from our brother and sister as they shared. You could not, as a believer, sit there and be unaffected by the testimonies of these who said, stated, I was Muslim. I trusted Christ. I told others. If when we lose the joy of who we are as Christians, then giving will have no joy either. It ought to be a delight to us, a pleasure to us. Paul said it twice, it pleased them. And then he adds this modifier to it, it pleased them verily. In deep truth, absolute truth of assurance, it was a pleasure to them. You say, well, Brother O'Malley, I just don't find giving pleasurable. Then maybe you've forgotten why you give. Because if you can remember when the lights got turned on for you spiritually, then you want to pay for others to be able to have that same opportunity. This room is filled with missionaries tonight whose whole heartbeat is to evangelize the world, to get a copy of the Word of God into people's hands, as well as to spread the gospel and plant churches. That's the heartbeat of this church. This is why we give. And if there's no pleasure in the promised offering for you, then I want you to evaluate why. You say, well, well Brother O'Malley, we had that one missionary and we supported him for years and he was a dud. Okay. I bet your grocer is a dud. You still go. Bet your plumber is a dud. But you still hire him. 
I want you to see is this. We don't give to these missionaries. Mr. and Mrs. Pennington are right here. They want to put a copy of the Word of God into... I, did I, do I know the language group to which you're... What's your target language group? I didn't hear. What is it? Yes, them. And we want to get them. Where are they? Thailand. Thank you, ma'am. Hung me out to dry. The Aka of Thailand would help me. Thank you. You should be sitting here in teen row on the struggle bus. Soul. They're trying to get the gospel to Thailand by providing a copy of the Word of God. How many language speakers speak that? A million people. A million people who can't read John 3.16. A million people who can't read Psalm 23. Where is our brother who showed the presentation tonight? Is he with the kids? Okay. I was in northern Iraq in the Kurdistan region. And I remember meeting with a man, his name was Abdullah. And there's two languages spoken in that region besides Arabic. And the man said to me, and that's really struck my mind when he said it. There was, Kermanji was one of the languages and Sarana, or Sarani was the other language. He said, my wife speaks one of those languages and she's never read Psalm 23. I have to read it in Arabic and then tell it to her in her language. She's never been able to share the gospel from the Bible because there is no faithful, accurate, and trustworthy copy of the Bible in that person's language. Remove the Bible from your life. What do you have? If since faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and the only way God's chosen to deliver the word of God is by preaching, Remove those two from the equation and you have a whole world dying and going to hell. No wonder it was a delight for those believers to give. And in the absence of delight, the problem is not the need. The need always exists. If you have no delight or no pleasure in giving to missions, you're the problem. There's probably a really diplomatic way to say that. If I had more time, I would have figured that out but I don't, so it's just you're the problem. It's the best I can do. The first principle of the promised offering is the pleasure or the delight that it's supposed to bring. It was voluntarily given. It's easy to give when you can see yourself in the shoes of someone else and say, that's what it's, I know what it's like to be lost. I know what it's like to be without the gospel. I know what it's like to be without a preacher. I know what it's like there. Of course I'll give. And that's where they were. And Paul was touched by their giving. The second thing I want you to realize under this idea of delight, it's not just that it pleased them. It's not just that it pleased them verily. It wasn't just that it pleased them by their vision and it being voluntary and they saw themselves as that. But Paul will later say to the church at Corinth, he'll say different words, not pleasing, but he'll say, when you give this promised offering, don't let this be grudgingly or of necessity. And then he'll even use this word, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So there's this idea of pleasure. Mr. Asher, has your mother ever asked you to take out the trash? Yeah. 
does pleasure come to mind when you think of that opportunity? No. Is it possible you've ever been told twice to take out the trash? Yes. Waiting for the translation to come through to mom. Oh, yes, yeah, she agreed. Two or three right there. The idea of you finding no pleasure in taking out the trash is the equivalent of the word grudgingly. Trash and the people here. What are they doing making all this trash? And I'm the one who have to take it out. I can't believe this. This is just that's grudgingly. And when that shows up in your giving, you're wrong. Oh. Missionaries, how many times a year do we have a missions conference? Drag these missionaries in, decorate the walls, put up flags. What in the world are we doing here? Have we forgotten we're Virginians and the Commonwealth of Virginia. What is this stuff with this emphasis on the world? And then we bring these people in and it's got to be expensive. And then we buy them gifts and we, we pray for them and they take up all our time. It's like taking out the trash. If your heart gets that way, you've missed the principle of the promised offering. May we pray that God brings us back to a state of pleasure when it comes to giving. Here's the second of the 17 things because y'all are not listening fast enough tonight. <laughs> Note further. I'm now to 27. It hath pleased them verily. Watch this next phrase. And their debtors they are. Oh, wait a minute. Now we've gone from the offering of delight to the offering of debt. You say, well, that's, that's odd. That's a weird pairing of words to put an offering of debt. Offering seems like it's a free will expression. Debt sounds like something I owe. How do I get to the place of a free will expression of an offering that I owe? Better realize what he's saying here. For if the Gentiles, that would represent the European Christians of Macedonia and Achaia, the six towns which I made reference to earlier, if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual thing, whose spiritual things? The poor saints back at Jerusalem. Going back to that phrase, he said that if they've been made partakers of spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. They were debtors of God's grace. If it had not been for the church at Jerusalem expanding and the church at Antioch sending out further, if it had not been for the Jewish believers, they would not have had the gospel. And Paul said, it's a good thing that they had been touched by the spiritual truths and they are responding back with physical or carnal things, meaning that they were sending money and help immediately to meet their needs back at Jerusalem. That is a powerful thing because when you realize the debt that exists for us, it's anything, it's a debt of grace. We owe nothing. You can get saved and never come back here. But if you get saved, you'll want to. You know what this season's taught us, this COVID type season, and I know we're all filled with COVID fatigue. I get it. But you know what this season's taught me? How important church is. 
Yes. Do you know how easy it was to not get out of your pajamas and go to church? I mean, let's just own that. That's just easy. Or to make sure, you know, if you've got kids at the house and you're trying to, and maybe I'm ruining things by saying this, but I'll, I'm just going to keep it real with you because this is how I feel. But with little kids and trying to get them ready, it's like, wow, what a relief. Put them in front of the TV. We'll let them watch Tiny Toons until then. Blue's Clues after Pastor Asher's done. It'll be a TV day. Wow, there's so much silence here. It makes me want to stay put right here and not say anything more about anything else and just talk about this. But boy, this season's taught me so much about the... It's good to set out to go to church. And if it's a sacrifice, so be it. Please don't come in your pajamas. It just messed up most of us. But, but get here. It's vital. Take the trash out before you come so the house doesn't stink when you get back. But the point is this. When we lose the idea of the debt that we owe, you want to be here. This is where I want to be. This is... You're my tribe. This is, this, you're the people. This is where I fit. God's house. God's people. God's word being preached. And God's word being sent out by our missionaries. If we forget the debt that we owe, you walk into this place, it's a beautiful building. Be I was going to say beautiful people, but... I don't want to lie in church. Some really good people here. It's easy to get used to stuff. Don't forget, somebody labored very hard to build this building, to put the air conditioner in, to make sure that our needs are being met. We have places to park and a safe way to come in and not have to worry about our kids when they're on the campus of the church and we don't have to worry about whether our cars are being broken into. Do we have to worry about that? No, we don't have to worry about our cars being broken into. Whatever. Why? Because so much has been invested here. How selfish would it be if we just kept what we had here and told no one? I'm glad you belong to a church that cares about sending out missionaries around the world. I'm glad that you belong to this church. And those of you, I see several visiting uh, as well here tonight from area churches from across the river and across the way as well. And th so thankful you all are here tonight. And you belong to good churches that care much about missions. And this is a beautiful thing. But don't forget the debt of the promised offering. Someone paid to get the gospel to me. I was four years old. I was at a Word of Life camp in Shroon Lake, New York. My parents had recently gotten saved and we went to a family camp. And this lady took the wordless book. Do you know why they call it the wordless book? <laughs> no clue. Yeah. It has no words in it. It's just colors. I was four. I had recently got on the struggle bus at that age. Been there for years. 
And she showed the wordless book to me, and I trusted Christ as my Savior, and my life was changed. I thought it was so sweet the other night. You knew the Sunday school teacher or the person who led you to Christ. I don't. If heaven allows that connection to happen, to God be the glory. But don't forget the debt we owe. You're here because somebody gave. I just don't know why we give. I do. I got in. I want others to get in. Well, now you put it that way, it makes me sound bad. Well, you are if you're not giving. I, if I had more time, I would have cleaned that one up too. It's just that Mark sat so close to the front tonight, and I just feel a little more emboldened. Go to verse number 28, and I'll close soon. One, one church recently where I was preaching... I kept looking back at the clock because I am sensitive to getting you out before midnight every night. I'm, this is my goal. And, but I was looking back at the clock and I was concerned. I thought, man, I got so much more to cover. The next time I looked back, they had removed the clock while I was preaching so I would stop being affected by the time. Here we have people just pointing to it. <laughs> 28. When therefore I have performed this, what, what is the this? 26, taking the contribution to the poor saints at Jerusalem. So he's saying, when I'm done with that task and have sealed to them, watch these words now, and this is just subtle closing words inspired by the Holy Spirit, but you cannot miss this point. When I have sealed to them this fruit. So where in the world did that term come from? There is no giving that we do that is isolated. It's fruit that abounds to our account. And Paul said, and if sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. I think what I want you to see out of this, and hopefully it's not too painful to give you another D, but I see this as an offering of discipline, where they said, we will give, and this is a fruit which abounds to our account, meaning God keeps credit. The lesson of fruit is, is that it's recorded in heaven. It's also a lesson of faith because God is giving them the ability to give. None of you have. If you filled out your card already, and I, uh, the, those cards that we pass out each night, if you've turned in your card, or maybe you're some of the people who wait, you know, the Sandbagger Baptist, Sunday night, want to turn in your last $100,000? It's okay, we can wait. I have a heart condition now, just so you're aware. If you want to keep doing that, that's fine. But this fruit that we're giving, God records. And we give it not just because it's fruit, but we give it because of faith. Where I make a commitment and God meets my need and I give by faith to the need. And Paul qualified that. He said, that's a, that's a discipline. It's, a, it's a, a chosen, intentional behavior that we do. Tonight, you're going to get a card. And you'll have to look at it one more night and you'll say, I don't know, what am I supposed to do? The truth is, is that what Paul did was he sealed up in his mind and in our mind, giving is 
a discipline. That means you stuff you do before you do anything else. Your Bible reading, that should be a discipline. Your tithing, that should be a discipline. Your missions giving should be a discipline. Something that we do because of who he is and what he's done. I don't give to missions because I like all the missionaries. Our church, I'm a member at Faith Baptist in Shelby. I think our church has 120 missionary families we support out of our church. I'm sure if I met them all, I wouldn't like them all, and they probably wouldn't like me, which is hard to believe. <laughs> but I don't give to them. Well, I don't like the leadership of the church. That's okay. You're not giving to them. Well, I don't like all the mission. You're not giving to them either. We give to God. We give in obedience. And God keeps record. Would you stand with me? Dear Father, tonight, may we look deep within and see what manner of men and women we are in regard to giving. Father, would you help the dear, precious folks here at Good News to look deep within, those who are watching by live stream, those who are here in the auditorium on site, those who are listening later by recording, would you let us look deep within? Would you, God, could you just let us see us as you see us? I get so messed up when I think about how people see me. And I realize it really matters is how you see me. So God, would you show all of us how you see us? Whether or not giving is a discipline to us, if giving is a debt to us, if giving is a delight to us. God, help us to have the right spirit in regard to these principles of the promised offering. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's Word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.